0: Hidden maps, hidden tape recorders, rocket firing motorcycles, rocket belts, water cannons, and underwater rebreathers. Whew! Let's take a breath as we decode the gadgets in Thunderball. Hi, this is Dan Silvestri. Tom
1: Pizzato
2: and Vicky Hodges
0: from SpymovieNavigator.com. Join us as we're cracking the code of the gadgets used in this 1965 Bond movie, Thunderball. Let's go!
2: Okay, so gadgets are a big part of what makes James Bond movies so fun, and Thunderball has quite a few of them, yeah. so let's go. The pre-title sequence has one of the most famous James Bond gadgets, and of course, I'm talking about the rocket jetpack. Yeah,
0: well, a lot of people call it the jetpack, but actually it's called the Bell Rocket Belt, and it was a real device, and it worked. Ian Production brought in two guys who could fly the thing, and it was flown by Bill Souter. Who demanded using a helmet, which is why Sean Connery is Bond puts a helmet on when he takes off. I always thought that was a little weird. He's being chased, and he's he's gonna he stop and put it the helmet. On. What the hell? I'm gonna put this on safety in case I'm, I crash while they're shooting at me. What the heck? Anyway, Connery <laughs> didn't want to wear it, but he had to because Bill Suter said, "I'm not flying the damn thing without a helmet mm. on." So there you go. So modern jetpacks are a different technology like the ones developed by Martin Jetpack. You can actually go look this up and they can last up to 30 minutes and reach 3,000 feet altitude and they can go about 45 miles an hour. So yeah we're definitely flying with this one. We believe this one. It was a real device and it worked. Check out Martin Jetpack 5,000 foot flight highlights on YouTube. That's pretty remarkable stuff. Now the one Bond used in Thunderball can only go about 30 seconds. So they had to do this kind of quickly.
1: Yeah, and and Dan, we actually got one of our listeners, and it's somebody who's got really good knowledge of James
0: Bond. Oh, yes, he does.
1: He wrote us and he said, James Bond does not actually fly a jetpack in Thunderball. Mm -hmm. What he flies has a very specific name, as you said, Dan, the Bell Rocket Belt. The Rocket Belt works off a chemical reaction, hydrogen peroxide and nitrogen reacting with silver, like You didn't know that. (laughs) Resulting in steam and oxygen blasting out to create a thrust.
0: See, Tom loves this stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is the geek stuff that I totally love. Right Now, the difference between a jet and a rocket is that jets use atmospheric oxygen to burn their fuel. They have two openings at minimum to operate, one to take in the oxygen and another for the thrust and exhaust. Rockets are self-contained and only have openings for the thrust and exhaust. The Yahoo flying around Los Angeles. (laughs) And there was one recently, We've talked about a couple times in spy movie news he's likely flying a jetpack because rockets by their very nature get very, very large very, very quickly based on the length of the flight and the weight of the payload. Rocket belts of the kind seen in Thunderball can't fly for longer than 30 seconds without the tanks becoming so heavy they can't be handled safely.
2: That's a great wrap-up on a great gadget. (laughs) I mean, articles today about jetpacks, including the Yahoo referred to in that quote, all talk about this one from Thunderbolt, and it's still part of our discussions 56 years later. Now that is a gadget.
0: Yeah, that's a cool gadget. Now, you read the Fleming books. I
1: want one so bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd look good flying around. We'd, be, we'd wire you up and mic you up up there, and you could tell us what's going on. They,
1: they need a big <laughs> rocket to lift my weight.
0: <laughs> all right, so now you look at the, the Fleming books, and, well, they're not really loaded with gadgets. You get the modified attache case from Russia with Love and others, but nothing like the gadgets you see in the movies here. And partly, of course, that's because the movies were made after the books were written, and the books were written in the 50s mostly, some in the early 60s. And in many cases, the movies came out long after the books. And Ian Productions always did a great job of integrating into their movies current affairs and current technologies and uh, sometimes a little too spectacular technologies like the invisible car and by another day they could have skipped that one all right but let's get to another great car
1: (laughs) wait wait before we go to the car like you, you talk about the gadgets and stuff and how they had to adapt so in the book moonraker there was a rocket that was going to be fired and they were underneath the rocket like in the movie except in the movie they made it the Moonraker space shuttle type thing instead of a rocket to deliver a nuclear device.
0: Yeah, all right. But as I've been trying to say here, they bring back the Aston Martin DB5.
2: Hey, you know, you know, guys, what I've just thought you know, what I like about this um, particular gadget is... Of course, in Goldfinger, the previous film, it was filled with numerous gadgets, and what I liked is that the producers have decided to carry on with these gadgets in Thunderball, particularly at the start of the film. It's a great gadget for me.
0: Yeah, it is. It's the terrific one. It's one of the best. So here, we've well, got well, I, well, a great well, car. When
1: you, it, when you say it's one of the best, so it's also one that was real, because some of these gadgets are contrived just for whatever situation Bond's going to get in, and they're some of them are just totally fake. This you're was a real guy. thing, which is really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The DB five is real, but not all the gadgets. But you're right. Some of them are a little like the invisible car we just talked about, and <laughs> but the car we're talking about now <laughs> that they brought back for Thunderball. Wait, they
1: actually have some of that technology for the invisible car now, though, Dan, with the way the camera. Yeah, yeah the, I know, I know, I
0: know, I know. Nothing like they showed there, though. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Although you do get a little ripple effects. I've seen Japanese. Technology where they have capes and they're standing there with a cape and they disappear yeah. because of the cameras that are projecting the yeah. rear of the cape onto the front of the cape, and it's kind of cool. But
1: Well, and the military's trying to do some of that stuff with cameras to hide military vehicles. Yeah, So
0: yeah. Nonetheless. <laughs> let's car, go back a little old school. other day sucks. All right, <laughs> but the Thunderball, come on, and Thunderball, they bring back the Aston Martin DB5. That is good. Yeah. And this time it has water jets. Oh yeah. Okay, water jets, water jets. Water is not that cool of a gadget, really. But yeah, how about shooting out acid or some other chemical device or something? But Yeah, chemical uh,
1: device. <laughs> that would probably be breaking <laughs> some international law. I don't I think don't spies know. gotta worry
0: about <laughs> international laws for crying out loud. They're going to kill people. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, so it's water. Yeah, we get water here. And the water cannons are a nice touch. But, you know, again, the guys are standing right in the stream of the water. I always thought it was a little weird. Step out of the way of the water cannon, and you won't get knocked over. But (laughs) they don't. They stand there, and they do get knocked over, the goons. So there you go. But anyway, it's kind of cool that it's shooting out water. So, whatever. We like it.
2: You can't talk about the DB5 in Thunderbolt without talking about the rear windscreen shield. That metal thing that pops up as the thugs are shooting at Bond and the French contact right before the water cannons start shooting.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I always wondered about that. I like it as a device, and on the DB5, it looks really cool when he puts that up. And in Goldfinger, it was great, And, and here it is again. But I've often wondered about this. The front windshield is bulletproof, as are the side windows. Why isn't the rear window bulletproof, and why do we need this metal screen to stop the bullets. I don't know. Maybe it's to block the view of the of the shooters or whatever, but I always thought
2: that's a little odd. Uh, 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 personally, I just think it's there just to look cool.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Because yeah. Q says that all the windows are <laughs> bulletproof.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm good with that it looking cool. So that's fine. <laughs> and I also
1: love how this discussion between somebody from the UK and somebody here in the US you're calling it a wind windshield, wind and Vicky's screen. calling it a windscreen. Yeah, yeah. And we're talking about the same thing, but I just love that. You get a nice little flare looking at yeah, different Yeah, throw it in the
0: it. trunk, throw it in the boot. Yeah, there you yeah. go, which is where <laughs> he puts the, uh, the jet pack after he lands, right? Boom, right, right. into the boot. Or you trunk. mean the Bell rocket pack. The Bell rocket pack, yeah. It's not
2: or rocket pack. belt, sorry.
0: The rocket belt, the rocket belt. Yeah, yeah. not the jet pack. All right. <laughs>
2: Okay, so Largo, the villain, uses a cool device. Not an intriguing device, but cool. He walks into the offices, which serve as a cover for the Spectre offices in Paris.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love when he walks up to the offices there and he gets out of the car and the gendarme is there about to say, hey, you know, you can't park here. <laughs> and then he sees yeah. it's Largo and he goes, oh, okay, never mind. That's a great scene. And then Largo walks right across the street in front of a car. Right in front of a car, he's like, that car's stopping for me because I'm not stopping. It's like, the guy's cool. All right, sorry. See, now, Dan,
1: <laughs> that's a callback, though, to when we had our discussion about live and let die in the, the pre-title sequence there. You were talking about how there were no cars parked on in Chartres Street. Yeah, right. Right? And, and I was saying, Mr. Big might've had that kind of influence. Well here, Largo's got that oh, kind of influence. He has
0: yeah. that influence and it was good yeah. to see in one, in, in, in his nice little five second thing, bam, yeah. you know, yeah. this, guy's, it was funny. this guy's cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's so good. And, and here Largo has a remote control device in his cigarette case, yeah. which opens the bookshelves and then the steel door cool. into the Spectre meeting where he'll talk about the operation to steal two nuclear missiles. It's easy to believe.
0: Yeah.
1: And we see a modern version of this in the 2010 movie, The Spy Next Door, which we've done a podcast on. Yeah, that was fun. Where he pulls the pen out of the pen holder and the doors open up. Same type of thing, a remote to be able to open up the doors. Yeah. Now, in this Spectre meeting that we're talking about here in Thunderball, Blofeld's electrocuting or exploding (laughs) chair is an ominous device. I like it. (laughs) Especially to the remaining Spectre members present at this meeting. So after Blofeld electrocutes number nine, I
0: guess he was in the house. Number ass. nine
1: sitting in his chair, <laughs> the chair goes down, disappears below the floor, and returns without the body.
0: Yeah, that's nice. <laughs>
1: yeah. Ouch. <laughs> number nine was number nine was thought to be an embezzler by Blofeld. Yeah. So if we remember in From Russia with Love, Kronstein, who was number five, yeah. he gets the poison shoe blade. Yeah. Maybe you have a job for life with Spectre. You just don't know how long it'll be. So yeah. there's nothing not to believe here in this scene.
0: Yeah, it was cool. I love the hot seat.
2: <laughs> I don't even think shrubland Spark could have helped these guys, but <laughs> Bond is there for some rehab. And when James Bond breaks into Count Pay's room, room 17 with Count Pay's name on it, Bond pulls something out of his outside pocket and uses it to enter the room. When he walks in, and at first glance, it looks like a butter knife, yet it has a bend in it if you look closely. So not a huge gadget, but a spy gadget nonetheless.
0: Sure. Gets him in the room. It gets him in the room.
1: Now I thought it was kind of interesting. He pulled that out of his outside pocket, as you said, but then he put it back on his inside breast pocket. And I thought that was odd. I would think he'd put it back in the same place you took it from.
0: Mm. Yeah, who knows? He's mm. Bond. He can do whatever the heck he wants.
2: <laughs> yes, and then after Shrublands, we see the Vulcan crew get poisoned when Palazzo uses that tank of poison to poison the crew. Again, not a huge device, but this thing allowed him to be hooked up to an air tank and still poisoned the rest of the crew. An evil gadget, but it was effective.
0: Yeah, I like actually, it, actually. It's one of my favourites.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's The thing that with that is, somebody up there wasn't paying attention, because the guy sitting next to him didn't see him do that move, and with the t- I mean. yeah, he's
0: flying the plane. Come on. Um, okay. <laughs> he's just the co-pilot there. I love that uh, device because that's actually what got him to take the plane with the nukes. That was yep. pretty good. Take the plane. Yeah, it, was
1: a, it was a good device. It just, I just thought it was funny that the guy sitting right next to him doesn't see it do it.
0: Yeah, well, you got to have a little willing suspension of disbelief once in a while with a Bond movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, next, we start off with all the underwater gadgets. The first one we see is the underwater sled used to take the nuclear bombs out of the plane and transfer them to the Disco Volante. This was a very cool design and very believable. We've talked in a past podcast about the underwater chariots used in the 1958 movie, The Silent Enemy, that were real chariots that had been used in World War II. So, they are real devices. This was just a little glitzed up one.
2: But cool. All of the underwater gadgets in this movie are cool, and a lot of them were either made for the movie or adapted like these sleds were. These sleds are much sleeker than those in The Silent Enemy. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, and they, lo- and they still look modern today. Yeah. that Which is the thing that's mm-hmm. kind of cool.
0: Yeah, we saw them at the Bond in Motion Museum, which unfortunately mm-hmm. closed in London. Yeah. That was cool. We saw one of the underwater sleds there, and it, it looks cool in person, too. It mm-hmm. is a neat device. Nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all that's true. Those were real devices. And uh, again, Ian Productions using actual real things into the, and glitzing them up a little bit for the movie. I think that's great. Great stuff when they do that. It is. And we got more underwater gadgets to talk about, but the movie shifts back to land here. So let's go there. We're going back to land. When Count Lippy catches up with Bond to try to shoot him, James opens the controls for the DB5's gadgets, but doesn't have to use them instead it's like what's
1: what's the next cool gadget we're gonna see when he flips that thing open yeah see
0: whenever he does that i'm thinking okay yeah i'm waiting i'm waiting okay i want to see but no instead the motorcycle driven by fiona volpe shoots a missile hitting lippe's car killing count lippe well we will see another motorcycle with a sidecar missile later right in the spy who loved me hey why not that's a pretty believable device and why yeah, you're going to
1: reuse things that are good, right? So if it's good, reuse it. Yeah. Right. And so, she- so we we see that. Then we jump to the briefing room where all the 00 agents are being briefed on the theft of those two nuclear missiles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it has a, a beautiful room. Now this is a nice smaller gadget touch as the tapestry rises to reveal a map with the total flying range of the Vulcan. Yeah, that was, that was cool. stolen with the two missiles. Yeah. Now we call these side gadgets. They're not heavy duty gadgets here. It's not yeah. one of the biggies, but. It's a nice side gadget. It gets actually, it was winning. on the side
0: of the room. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> name really for a it. Side
1: <laughs> a real good side <laughs> gadget. And in this case, obviously this is definitely doable. Yeah. The lock picking gadget Vicky mentioned is another of these side gadgets.
0: Yeah. It's kind of funny, that that thing. It's not, it's, it is the gadget. It's on the side wall. They're all facing forward. They have to look to the right to see that wall. So they can't really see that wall really well the way they have it. And the windows are open. There's no shades on the windows and stuff. It's like, how secret is this meeting? Anyway. Yeah, exactly.
1: Kind of Anybody from the outside could see in.
0: Yeah, it's like, okay. But at least Bond was late to the meeting, and, and there was agent number three who was a woman there. there see, go. Jason Bourne
1: would have been out there with one of those things looking into the window to see what was going
0: Absolutely. on. Absolutely absolutely all right so here's another side gadget the tape recorder hidden inside a dictionary or directory with its pages cut out of the middle so that the tape recorder would fit in that's kind of a cool little device sure that could easily be done of course we at that time had to have tape recorders with a reel-to-reel tape (laughs) not a digital recorder because then they have them then but hey it's in in
2: this
1: much bigger hole to be cut out of the
0: book (laughs) it's kind of cool that's nice it's yeah,
2: I mean, it, it was odd. The, the pages look like the, they're dictionary pages, but the cover says NASU directory. So was it a dictionary or was it a directory? So that, that's confusing.
0: Okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how believable this, this really is because it's easy to do, right? You take a razor blade and cut out the books. Well, actually, in high school, I did this. This is before Thunderball came out, so they, they may have gotten the idea from me. I don't know. <laughs> we had a squirt gun war in school. So there was one team, the other guy and I, and then another team, and we had squirt gun wars. So we attack each other in the hallways or wherever we can get away with it. We we tried. So I took one of my textbooks and cut the whole section out and had a squirt gun in it. It was brilliant. It worked flawlessly, (laughs) um, almost flawlessly, until our Latin teacher called me over and said, Hey, your book is leaking. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, oops, oh,
2: <laughs> trouble. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I guess that anyway. <laughs> I I didn't did work out for you then. No, that will. Um, no.
1: Yeah, I actually did something similar. It didn't leak, but I had one of my one of my wife's Christmas presents one year. I had some jewelry and I'd put it, I'd done that. i cut out a book and put it in there so she couldn't see what it was. Nice. It's a good yeah, way to I hide think- something.
0: Well, this friend of mine in Minnesota, uh, in, in, when he got engaged to his wife, hid the ring. They used to go ice fishing in Minnesota. It's cold there like you know, 11 months a year. They used to go ice fishing, so he put the ring on a hook down into the hole through the ice, and then she was picking it up, reeling it in, and there was the ring. I was like, well, that was risky. Yeah, <laughs> a that's fish could have really gotten risky. a hold of that one.
2: It's like... <laughs> Right. I mean, the, thing, the thing is today they you know take the pages of books and create shapes now don't they mm-hmm. out of them you yeah, know yeah. so it's it's very believable oh yeah <laughs> you know? easy to do <laughs> yeah. okay then we get cue location in the Bahamas. I love it when he goes on location. Yeah. He gives Bond two gadgets here. A watch with a Geiger counter and an underwater camera. Girl figure, they'll both come in handy for Bond. Of course. <laughs> the Geiger counter watch was pretty straightforward and the underwater camera did not impress Bond. But Q told him it was clever because it could take pictures in the dark with infrared film. Underwater cameras are not very common at the time, but the infrared film in one would have been really novel.
1: Yeah, and I, I love... Bond's looking at this thing like,
2: okay. Am I supposed to be impressed? <laughs> and, <of> the <laughs> and then Q's like, wait a minute.
1: What? It is if it's got infrared film. I mean, was, yeah. Uh, just, I thought that was great interplay between the two of them.
0: Yeah.
2: And if you remember, Bond uses this to take photos under, underwater of the Disco Volante, which is Largo's boat.
0: Yes. Yep. And in real life, a similar incident happened, and there was a Fleming connection to this. Buster Crabbe, the diver, went down to check out a Soviet boat when Khrushchev was in uh, England one time and he got caught, but his body was found like nine months later, headless and whatever. But anyway, this was based on a real incident and they would have known about it uh, because there was a Fleming connection to it. So yeah, going
1: down and taking pictures yep, from the ship cool.
0: underwater.
2: He also gives him a, a miniature very pistol that fires a flare. Bond is told to keep it with him day and night. Again, a nice side gadget that will come in handy.
0: Yeah, I mean, carrying a flare around your pocket would make me a little nervous, but uh, okay, all
1: right. <laughs> well, he told him yeah, a couple but, things make sure you have this with you. Yeah, yeah
2: but Dan, um, would it be the inside pocket or the outside Yeah, it would be my outside pocket for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So,
1: so then let's move forward to a very famous James Bond gadget, and it's one of my favorites. It's actually one of the best known gadgets ever used in the spy movie. And I'm talking about that breather that Q gives him. Yeah. That device fits into a cigar tube. It's fitted with a mouthpiece and air chambers that allowed the user to breathe underwater for up to four minutes. They don't give it a name in the movie, but Q tells 007, in the event of a rebreather not being available, you can use this device. I mean, this is a great Q gadget.
0: It's one of the most iconic gadgets ever. It's fabulous. It appears in two Bond movies, or is it three? E3. You can think of two, but... I think okay. uh, Pierce Brosnan, doesn't he use one uh, somewhere? I think.
1: Die, die Another Day, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it yeah. appears in uh, uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service in the drawer.
1: Oh, well, that's, that's when true. When he's resigning. Yeah. So this movie's got two really classic gadgets with the rocket belt and this, th- this breathing device. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We talked about this in another podcast, but. The British military was interested in the device <laughs> and called Peter Lamont and asked how long one could breathe underwater with it. His answer was, how long can you hold your breath?
0: <laughs> of course, yes, it was a
1: prop. No. There was no real device like this. No. We believe that the Ian Fleming Foundation owns one of these original props.
0: I would love that.
1: I would love that, too. Yeah. 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 And as Dan mentioned, this appears in another Bond film in Die Another Day. Yeah and we see it kind of as a remembrance in On Her Majesty's Secret Service.
0: Yeah, what's funny is that there's this company called Smaco, or Smaco, one, one or the other, S-M-A-C-O. They make a small 2.3 pound breather tank with a mouthpiece attached to it that you could stay underwater for 10 minutes and go down up to 10 meters. It's pretty cool, and it's probably as long as maybe from your wrist to the bend of your arm, so it's not tiny like uh, Bonds was, So the cigar tube here would have to be pretty big to hold this baby.
1: Yeah, that would be one hell of a cigar.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that'd be one (laughs) hell of a cigar. But it's cool, and it exists. And there was another company, another device by Indiegogo, that's probably closer to Bond's device with a mouthpiece and an extension coming out of it, both sides. And they claim you can stay underwater for up to 45 minutes at 15 feet, but scientists say, no, this device is not real it's not possible. So forget well, about that. Well, you
1: have those two really small little oxygen tanks next to the mouthpiece. It was like, hey, you yeah, you have, you how have, much four you really have Don't that.
0: breathe too hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's pretty cool. Anyway, you can get that it 2.3 was... pound one. Yeah. Nice.
2: Okay, so back to more Q gadgets. Finally, Q gives James a pill. That is a harmless radioactive device.
0: Uh, harmless and radioactive <laughs> and a pill. Uh, nah, no thanks. I don't think so. And
2: he's <laughs> <Our aim, laughs> um, supposed to send out a homing signal. No idea how that works. So as usual, Q gave James some nice gadgets that prove useful. Good old Q. Watch <laughs> and the camera are believable. Yeah. I go with them. Yeah. Uh but not much for the pill and wait, the breather.
0: Oh wait, now hey, here's another weird thing. In 2009, there was a company claiming to have a GPS homing device that you could secretly feed to someone in food that would allow <laughs> them to be clandestinely tracked. Ah, and it would stay in their system. Si- it would stay in their system for 72 hours. Well, that was the claim. The researchers discovered that it really wasn't true, and this wasn't a real device. But it makes me wonder. With Bond, this one said it stays in your system for 72 hours. Bond Bond better work fast here with with, (laughs) taking this pill or better time his swallowing of this pill uh, precisely.
1: Yeah, because it's going to come out eventually.
0: (laughs) One way or another, it's going to stop working. (laughs) All right, back to the radioactive stuff. (laughs) On the beach while talking to Domino, Bond gives her a Geiger counter camera so she can test to see if the nukes are aboard the disco volante sure with the miniaturization of circuitry of the 1960s by the u.s and nasa the space program we can get a good reading on this (laughs) i think it's believable yeah
1: you know it was interesting because at first i thought it was the same camera that q had given bond Mm. that took the underwater infrared pictures you know Uh when he got captured i but and i thought it was a continuity error remember Q gave him both a Geiger counter watch and an underwater camera. So they did two different things. The Geiger counter was not in the camera.
0: Well, at least we didn't know. Where
1: did Bond get this camera that he's giving to Domino? Anyway, I went back and looked. The camera looks (laughs) almost identical to the one that Q gives him in the labs, except the sides are gray instead of black. Uh So I guess it was the same camera, just with the sides enhanced, if you will, with some gray stuff. Right. That was
0: so Bond knew which one to grab. (laughs) Yeah, but Q didn't give that one to him. I don't know. (laughs) Another side gadget appears with lighter in the helicopter. He's looking at a gadget that tells him what direction to go in to hone in on Bond, who swallowed that little device because of the radioactive homing pill that Q Q gave him. It's only on the screen for a second or two, but it ties back nicely to the pill. So I Mm. liked it. That's good. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, whether you can have a radioactive device down in a pill. We still don't think that's true, but mm. hey, what the hell?
2: So during the underwater fight scene, we see multiple underwater sleds, which yeah. are a type of gadget. And in particular, was the underwater jetpack. That was propelling Bond underwater <laughs> in his scuba gear. It did not function properly, and they had to rig it, so it shot out a coloured dye, so the audience could tell and believe yeah. he was being propelled. Yeah. Easy to believe.
0: Yeah, they, they actually had a, had a I think a like a, a fishing line attached and they were pulling it. <laughs> pulling <them along. laughs> it's like, Okay, all right. all right, And finally, we get to the end of the gadgets in Thunderball with the sky hook. This is how Bond and Domino get rescued at the end of the film. After Largo's boat, the Disco Volante explodes. Here, Bond releases a balloon on a line, and he and Domino have a harness around them. A specially equipped plane sees the balloon and with a device on the nose of the plane catches the balloon and pulls Bond and Domino airborne. And they shoot up into the sky. It looks so cool. That is it such a is. great
1: way to get off that little boat.
0: Yeah. Then they hook the line and pull them into the plane. Believable? Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We're not pulling your leg here. <laughs> uh, Robert Fulton invented this rescue system so it was real at the time. Nice. Okay, that's a wrap. We love most of these gadgets. We took apart the gadgets in Thunderball. Now we've got to go put them back together. This has been Dan Silvestri.
1: Tom Pizzotto.
2: And Vicky Hoges. The
0: SpyMovieNavigator.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Subscribe to our show, Cracking the Code of Spy Movies, both on YouTube and through your favorite podcast app right now. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it.